What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast from Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 55, Podcast by the Sea, and I'm your host, Matt Curione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? I am... Yet again, I'm doing great. <laughs> Yet again. This is our third uh, attempt at recording this intro. Uh, I think third, that... fourth, fifth, who knows? I think I'm this... not counting. I mean, folks at home won't know because uh, with the magic of editing. But yeah, let's 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 really let's really dive into this and, and make this one the one. Okay, Matt. Third time's a charm. So how how are you doing? I'm doing pretty okay. Oh, yeah, and and I'm doing pretty okay. You know. Yeah, you know we're we're both up there in in the okayness yeah. zone. I mean, all things considered, uh, I mean we it's it the world is a terrible place. Obviously. Uh, yes. Yeah, of course. Yes, it's uh, the world is a uh, awful nightmare planet uh, that we must figure out a way to get off. Uh, too bad NASA doesn't have funding anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was actually brought down a little more uh, yesterday when we received the news that uh, legendary actor John Hurt passed away. Uh, is there a movie that this 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 guy wasn't in? He was in a lot of movies, Matt. Good lord, this guy was in uh, basically everything. Uh, a lot of major franchises, uh, a lot of smaller uh, smaller films, uh, which he preferred to do. Uh, he's He was one of my favorites. Um, yeah, it really sucks that he's gone. And he was in your favorite movie of all time, right? Yeah, and it's really eerie because John Hurt is the first to go in Alien, and he's the first cast member of Alien to pass away. Is Yafet Koto still with us? Very much so, indeed. Is he? I, uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, seventy-seven. Oh, wow. Good. Good for him. I haven't seen him in much. Uh, but Harry Dean Stanton's like ninety-eight uh, or something like that, uh, and he was the next to die in the movie. Ah, what? What are you saying, Matt? This is this is dark. I'm saying that life is going to copy Alien. <laughs> We're all going to be turned into little eggs. So that means Sigourney Weaver will live forever, right? One would hope. Let's hope so. Oh, her, her or her clone. Uh, Hopefully it's not that really weird-looking clone. Yeah, the one that says, kill me, please. Um, oh, God, that movie. That's a movie. So. Uh, but no, seriously, though, um, hold on one second. That's her dog barking. For the for, for new listeners, Matt has a cartoon dog, uh, which eats his sandwich and his hats and barks throughout the podcast. Shut up! Thank you. Anyway, um, Marcelo, uh, do you actually have a, a favorite uh, John Hurt performance? No, because they're all so great. I cannot pick one. I really cannot. Uh, for the Talk From Society website, I chose... Because oh, we wrote a... By this time you're listening to it, it's already out. But we, we wrote a memorial article for Mr. John Hurt, or Sir John Hurt, because was he knighted? He was, uh, he was about a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. Sir, Sir John Hurt. Uh, I, I, I just chose Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy because that's one of my favorite movies, and he is exceptional in that. In in the brief uh, role he's in, uh, I've been but, meaning to uh, revisit that one. But I really cannot pick just one. 
Uh, he's, he's his his entire filmography, like each, each each and every movie he was in, he was excellent in. So it's hard to pick just one, but uh, I mean that stands out. Um, I mean, I I even loved him in his in his role as uh as the father of Hellboy in Hellboy. So, oh my God, yes, yeah. So, I mean, those are some roles that out for me personally. Uh, I mean, Matt, what about you? Alien, of course, Alien. Uh, <laughs> Alien Let's not kid ourselves. Is no surprise. Uh, if you were to pick a second one, what would it be? Alien. <laughs> you can't do. You, you can't say Alien and Alien. Okay, so what's your third pick? Um, Alien. Prob- probably Hellboy. Yeah, probably Hellboy. But then I really liked him in uh, Viva Vendetta. Yeah, I, for- I forget that he's in that. Uh, as, yeah, he's uh, pretty darn good. As the uh, as the uh, proto-Trump character. Uh, yes. Wants to destroy the, the world. Um, but yeah, so John Hurt, a legend, absolutely. Been in, what, like 200 film roles, just about. Uh... And film and TV, I guess, if you combine them both. But he's been around for decades. Uh, the Elephant Man. We can't forget about that. Oh, my God. I actually was just reminded of a really cool horror movie he did about ten years ago. Uh, have you seen The Skeleton Key? No. Oh, he's terrific in it. He, play, he plays basically an old man uh, with dementia. And his performance is off the charts in that one. Uh, and we also cannot forget uh, his role in Jackie from last year. Oh yeah, I really, really liked it when he popped up. Yeah, uh, I, I may, I think I forgot he was in it, and then he popped up and he goes, "Oh, it's, it's John Hurt." What a happy surprise! But yeah, uh, he will be sorely missed. Um, I really expected him to live a lot longer. Uh, go into like his nineties, his his one hundreds acting in movies because it, it didn't seem like he was going to stop. Not not anything. Yeah, I, I mean, especially since you know he's basically looked the same for like twenty years. <laughs> exactly. He, he he was he didn't age at all. He's been John Hurt for. I mean, he's been the old John Hurt for let's say thirty been, years. <laughs> he's been old John Hurt, yes, yeah, yeah. for about thirty years. Yeah. But yeah, so that's John Hurt. It's a it's a bummer, but yeah. you know what? We have so many movies of his to look back on. So I mean, that's pretty so awesome. Many, yeah, uh, amazing career. All right, so that is John Hurt. Uh, all right, Matt. That's that's the in, that's the uh, the small talk. The the intro portion of the show done. Check. Uh, <laughs> Check off those boxes, sir. <laughs> let's roll into uh, Matt's Riddle Corner. Yes, welcome back to Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give cryptic clues about what we'll be discussing this week. First off, we're gonna go over to Okinawa and save a whole bunch of people without shooting a gun. And then we're going to shoot a lot of guns with Pierce Brosnan. And then we're going to get on a train. And then we're going to hang out with, Jane, with about 40 James McAvoys. And then we're going to hang out with, with uh, him and his fucking octopus. And then we're going to go back to the early 2000s with Vin Diesel. Uh, and then we're going to talk about an urban legend and a documentary that's based on that urban legend. And then we're going to talk about Mia Jovovich. And then we're going to talk about Pierce Brosnan again. <laughs> He, he he has problems with uh, yard care, uh, and then we're gonna hang out with Bruce Willis, I think. Right? Yeah, he's in that. <laughs> and then we're gonna hang out with number one sad boy Casey Affleck. Number one sad boy. Number um, one sad boy. <laughs> so that's again, we have a contempt for listeners. Uh, I mean, do we, we? We love the listeners, Matt. Let's. Not, I love y'all. Let's not get that mixed up. I, I I joke when I say that we have contempt for them because yes. 
um, matches for what we're going to be discussing on the show, but I mean, but if did you, I? Nobody. I mean, so there are some clues. Again, it's a riddle corner. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Um, but hey, look at your descriptions in your in your on your iPhones on your whatever you listen to. Look at your descriptions because <laughs> cheat, that's cheating. Cheat and look down and see what we what we'll be discussing. Okay. Or if you're listening on SoundCloud, there won't be any descriptions. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right. It's hard to see the descriptions on there. You have to go. If you're listening, if you to look it down on your at SoundCloud device, right. If you look down at SoundCloud right now. You see my big dumb cartoon face, and it's really fun. <laughs> and again, thanks. We have to thank again our listener Matt. Who was it again? Who uh, said that? Donald in? Conrad. Donald Conrad Donald, for sending that yep. in. Our our season three artwork, uh, because yes, I mean Matt, this may be news to you, but we're in season three of this this podcast. Sure. <laughs> I like I to say s- so. I just split things into seasons. So starting at fifty one, that's the start of season three. So I like to go with the English way and uh we're in series three right now. <laughs> I hate that. Please stop. <laughs> I, I know, it's the worst, I know. I know we just talked about Surge like on that, Hurt. It's, it's it's like that old joke where, you know, yeah, it ran on the BBC for twenty years. They they did three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the BBC. We love them. Um, moving on. Hey, we have a ghost or a guest. Actually, no. I think I think I think we have a guest. Uh, I forget that I said ghost because that's a reference to our first take of that intro. So, because <laughs> uh, he spoke when uh, people aren't when guests aren't supposed to speak during the intros, uh, which is fine. I mean, I mean, Matt, you don't give the guest any like warning or anything. I mean, it's no. It's- I was I did I did a bad job tonight. <laughs> Well, first, can, can we bring this up? Or, or hold on, we, let's bring the guest in first. Then I'll bring this up, and then I'll put yes. you in the, and then I'll put you in a corner. Okay, Matt. Sure. Matt, introduce the guest. Uh, okay, yeah. This week we have uh, one of my friends on. He is the one of the hosts of the Phantom Zone podcast, Connor McGraw. How are you, Connor? Hi. That was a long time to sit there and wait for <laughs> to be dropped in and not say beep <laughs> or not laugh at anything because some of that was very amusing. Well, thank you, Connor, for not laughing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very I, easy not to laugh when you have a face full of donut. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I, I I let Matt book all the guests on Hey, what you watching? Uh, which I'm again, Matt, I'm thankful for. Okay, and with good reason. Uh, <laughs> I oh, well, okay, um, that may be a reference to the one guest I brought on that you know is now it's, it's that episode is still unreleased. But you know, for, forgetting that. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, I, I want to know what warning you give the guests, Matt, because I'm I'm concerned sometimes that yes, like when I when I book guests, like what do I tell them about the show? Yeah, like, like what's 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 your spiel? Like what's what do you say? Like wh- what are they in store for? Well, I've I've had people ask me like, what's the topic? Like, what are we going to be talking about? And I'm like, it's the easiest podcast you'll ever be on. It's just whatever movies you've seen recently. And then they usually jump at the opportunity to be on the show. And even for that, some people find that and then too I, hard to do. And I will. I know. Uh, we know this personally uh, with experience. <laughs> um, but yeah. But no. Then uh, I send them a link to the to the show, and they get back to me. They're like, "Yeah, that was cool. I'll I'll do it." Yeah. See, it's pretty damn easy. And also, I, I should also say, I think with your warning, you should add in. By the way, we might be recording for upwards of two hours. You know, we uh, not tonight. We tend to go long. <laughs> not tonight because I have to eat dinner and then uh, I have a, a date. Come back here <laughs> again. Matt is talking to his cartoon dog. He I just thought your stole, date was running away. He just stole a sock. <laughs> cartoon dog stole a sock. 
Okay, but 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 Connor, I hope. I mean, we. <laughs> I hope you you have warning enough for this show. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Again, I'm, oh well. <laughs> uh, uh, I know you have your own podcast, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So you are a podcast uh, professional. Uh, so <laughs> I I throw that I throw that word around very loosely because Matt, I mean, you and I have been doing this for almost two years now, and I don't think we're we professionals. Are, I don't think we're professionals. We know what we're doing. We're professionals. I don't know when we reach. I don't know when we we reach that level of professional. And prof- he stole a shoe. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why don't you have your? <laughs> Sorry, Carla's in the other room, like chasing the dog around. Get 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 another mic. Put it uh, attach it to the dog. Have him be bring the, the dog on the show. The co-host, Matt. <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> Let's get to know this guest, Matt. Yeah, welcome back to that other segment we like to call "Get to Know You," where we get to know our guest and figure out if he's a real human being and not just a hero. Uh, can confirm, I'm a robot who only watches trash. God damn it! Uh, seriously, <laughs> though, this, um, especially this week when I made I deliberately made a choice between watching what was apparently a very good movie by reputation and just went rogue and watched a terrible, awful. Uh, and what what was the movie you were going to watch? Trash! I was going to watch There Will Be Blood for the first time, the first time ever. And I'm only familiar with the ending. Um, and what'd you watch instead? Watched The Lawnmower Man instead. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Seriously, though. Okay, back to get to know you. I ask this of every guest. What is the first movie you ever saw in a theater? Oh. My earliest memory is Apollo 13. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I can't remember anything earlier than that. Um, aside from that, it's like it's Apollo 13. Like I have vivid Titanic memories, but nothing really beyond that. And you saw it in the theater? Apollo 13? Oh, yes. Oh, interesting, yeah. What uh, what year did that come out? Uh, it's 95. 95, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, I always wanted to see Jurassic Park in theaters when I grew up, but... Oh, wait, okay, no, scratch that. I did see Jurassic Park in theaters. I totally Damn right you did. I remember I bring, being terrified of the T-Rex. I bring that up because uh, for our age range... Well, I don't know how old you are, Connor, but for most of the guests on this show, uh, their answer is usually Jurassic Park, uh, or yeah, true. somewhere around there. Uh, I find it fascinating, though. Um, but hey, I, I did get to eventually see Jurassic Park in a theater, like in 2011, so that was fun. Me too. Um, I went to that. <laughs> no, no, you didn't go to my screening. Uh, I was there. No, I was you right. Didn't. I was right behind you the whole time. <laughs> You were not we, at. You were we've, not. We've actually met Marcelo. You were not at the draft house on November eleventh, two thousand eleven, because I would have remembered that. Uh, Maybe I was. No, you weren't. Damn um, it. <laughs> Maybe I'm the ghost. You think you're the ghost? I think that's the twist that we're that we've all been waiting for these fifty-five episodes. Matt is the ghost. <laughs> I've been dead the whole time. We'll at talk least about the, at least on the inside. We'll talk shockingly about, happy about that. We we will talk about Sh- uh, Sh- uh, M Night Shyamalan later. Anyway, uh, hey, I guess I have a question now. It's my turn, Me right? To ask Connor a question. Uh, Connor, uh, what is your favorite film genre? Uh, I'm a big uh, horror just fanatic. Um, uh, at Matt's favorite movie is Alien, and Alien was, pr- I think, the first. Uh, 
horror-related anything I saw at my like at home in the dark by myself. Um, and then I think Predator followed after that, and I've been kind of in love with anything, uh, even in this like related to horror, basically. Uh, interesting. Uh, how how deep into the horror genre are you? Like, how how much horror do you see? Tetsuo, the Iron Man. No, I'm just throwing that out there. Ah, uh, don't don't tease me. Um, <laughs> I I mean, like, my dad bring brought me home because uh, he used to go to the video store. He'd bring me home black and white Universal monster movies, uh, the Reanimator. Um, and then once I got old enough, I'd take my weekly allowance and go to the local video store, and I would grab, I think. Anywhere between five and ten, uh, ninety-nine cent rentals, and watch just sections of shelves. Wow, nice. Yeah. So, and usually when I when I hear about a good spate of horror movies that come out, like anywhere between like three and five, I'll put it uh, time aside in a week and just watch them all. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. I I wish I had that childhood. Uh, I, I for for somebody who runs a movie website and and hosts like four movie podcasts like i growing up i didn't watch too many movies i i kind of had to get had to get into them on my own you didn't yeah. have like the the weekly trip to the video store yeah but it was like one movie a week like for oh, okay for yeah Our, time. my mom let us go crazy like here here's like 10 bucks go rent whatever kind of like connor that was bit yeah in my childhood i was um i had uh separated parents one worked all the time so i was the oldest in the house so i stayed home a lot so my childhood kind of permitted a lot of viewing time yeah connor real quick real quick uh you grew up around here right yeah okay uh what was your video store a to z Okay. Okay. Mine was easy video. video on uh, on on. Oh uh, wait, I haven't been there in a long time. Church Road. Not, oh, no, okay. not Church Road. No, wait, not wait. Church Road. Hooper. There we go. Okay. Yeah, because mine was uh, easy video near the Pathmark. They turned it into a uh, Chinese buffet afterwards. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, it's sad when that place shut down. <laughs> for the for the new listeners who who don't know where you are, Matt, where is here? I'm in Tom's River, New Jersey, where dreams are made. <laughs> And I am in Round Rock, Texas, right near Austin, Texas. I like to say I'm where, in Austin, where actual dreams are made. <laughs> well, I live by five draft houses, so. And I live in Las Vegas, where dreams go to die. <laughs> I like to call it lost wages. <sighs> no one watches Frisky Dingo, and that's why it's so hard. To I've make- seen <laughs> Frisky Dingo. I just didn't appreciate the time. <laughs> so I want to let that sink uh, in. <laughs> you, fuck you. <laughs> You have another question? All right, I do not. Okay, I think we've gotten to know Connor. Yeah, I think we have. I think I I I, I don't think, I think he's a robot. I think, I think everyone knows me intimately now, and there should be no other questions ever. No, 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 no. Anybody listening to this well, should know be. you inside and out. So, yes. All right. Now it's time for the meat of the show, like the sandwich bits. It's the sandwich bits, uh, where we discuss what we watched in the last week, and hey, the Oscars. They were the nominees were announced. Yes, uh, they were about a week, almost a week ago now. Okay, whatever. Hashtag Oscars not so white. Not so white this time. Uh, and I should also say the Talk from Society Awards were those nominees were announced. Oh, you mean the ones that matter? <laughs> the the award show in which people on Twitter and the people who read our website talkfromsociety.com, they get to vote and they choose the winners in twenty categories. From like best picture, best independent film, uh, best acting ensemble, and then all the rest like n- normal like uh, screenplay, editing, whatever. 
and fun uh, story, uh, the Talk Film Society Awards usually get it right. Usually. Uh, a real quick history lesson. 2013 was the first year uh, we had the awards. Her won Best Film. Okay. Then Good choice. That, then after that, it was Boyhood. Won okay, Best yes. Film. Then, you know that took 12 years to make. Okay. <laughs> then after that, Mad Max Fury Road won Best Fuck Film. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And now we're in as it should. Our, yeah, and now we're in our fourth year. Uh, the the ten nominees were announced. I'm not gonna. Uh, uh, I'll actually not reveal. Well, go to talkfromsay.com and and you could read those. Yeah, but check it I, out. I'm not gonna get into the list now. Maybe I'll get into it at the and, and at the plugs so I can remind people to vote. But if you want to look uh, at that list, um, go to talkfromsay.com slash vote tfs awards and check it out and vote. Um, but hey, uh, real quick. Uh, I would love to hear Connor's take on Mad Max Fury Road and how much he hates it. Um, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road is the best movie of this year, even though it came out two years ago. Damn right. It's, it's, you, you saw this how many times in theaters? I saw it... Oh, how many times? I, I, I paid to see it in theaters seven times. Jesus. And I've seen it at home five times. Um, for a long time, The Warriors was my favorite movie of all time. Mad Max Fury Road is still my undisputed favorite movie I've ever seen. That is uh, not uh, not surprising at all. I did not flinch. No, because it's that. really, really good. No, it is really, really good. It's almost flawless. <laughs> that that George Miller knows what he's doing. He certainly does. He certainly. It's like uh, a seventy-year-old man walking into a room full of acting directors, went like, just dropped the microphone in front of him, like, "Go do yeah. better." <laughs> uh, Connor, have you seen Black and Chrome? No, I haven't yet. Oh man, it's so good. I want to buy it, and I've been. Can you look a little poor? And I don't want to steal it, so. Yeah, true, true. That's that's something that you should add to your collection, yeah. 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 It's my preferred version of the movie, is a bike of chrome version. Uh, and I think we talked about it, Matt, like a few episodes ago. So, and I think I wrote something on it on talkfromsociety.com. It was the first thing we ever published. I think so. Uh, yeah, it I, was. It actually I, was, yeah. And I cheated because that's my letterbox review. But let's not talk about fine. that. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Loopholes. Loophole, loophole. Anyway, yes, Mad Max Fury Road is amazing. We, the, the Talk from Society Awards, uh, I mean, so far, for Best Film slash Best Picture, they've diverged. They've chosen something else instead of what actually wins Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah. And we'll see what happens this year. Um, I mean, I'm I'm the vote counter, so I know what's happening right now. The vote, the voting has begun, um, and it's interesting to see that race go on as the Oscar race is going on. Because um, uh, right now at the Oscars, it's essentially La La Land versus Moonlight, right? Uh, yes, those are the two big ones. And amongst the other ones, we have like Hidden Figures, Manchester by the Sea, um, so on and so forth. And this is me transitioning to Hacksaw Ridge. Seen that one. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> so on and so forth. I haven't seen that movie. So on and so forth. I mean that. I mean that's a stellar performance from Mister Whatever. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Michael Madsen was great, <laughs> and so on and so forth. I mean, he is now really a, a, a that guy. So, director, what's his face? Is it does exceptional yes. work. <laughs> Alan Smithy is one of my favorite directors. Yada uh, yada yada yada. Hacksaw Ridge is nominated for yeah. best picture at the Oscars. Yes, it is. It didn't get a Talk From Society Award Best Film nomination. Uh, yeah, I know. Whoops. But check out that list, the full list, at talkfromsociety.com slash TFS Awards. But anyway, Hacksaw Ridge, you saw this this past week, right, Matt? Uh, yes, I did. 
and I know. Oh, I, I guess you can say it because I, I already, you've been praising this movie ever since you saw it, right? Yes, I have. Uh, why? Why do you love this movie so much, Matt? Uh, I love the story. I love that it's this basic story of you know sticking to your convictions. Except Mel Gibson doesn't fuck around or sugarcoat any of the violence of war. Uh, he throws you, uh, as they say, into the shit and really doesn't let up uh, for any of the war sequences. It's an extremely brutal uh, film. Uh, numerous times uh, I let out an audible, oh, fuck, uh, while watching this thing. Uh, and I really just I like the performances. Uh, it has a great performance by Hugo Weaving. I think this might be his best performance. He's just such he plays a broken down uh, war veteran. And I just love the the touch that he adds to it. Uh, I liked him. Uh, it's nice to see Vince Vaughn in a movie where he gives a fuck. That's that's always a nice change. Uh, of pace. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe you. Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh but yeah, no, he's good in this. Uh, I like it. It's really weird for me to actually remember Sam Worthington in a movie, and I remembered him in Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> yes, exactly, Connor. I know. I couldn't name one other movie he's done because I always confuse him with everyone else, but I will remember him in Hacksaw Ridge. I he, thought was he was in a Terminator good. movie, right? He was, was, he? Crocod- was he? He was in a giant killer crocodile movie. Wait, what? Yeah. What movie? Uh, he actually, the Crocodile movie is what got him the Terminator role. James Cameron saw him in a movie called Rogue, where he's he's fighting a massive crocodile. Huh. Wait, wasn't he an Avatar? Was that him? I don't... What's that? I Apparently, there was some movie came out a couple years ago that was... Apparently, it made a lot of money, and, and no one... made a lot of money, and no one really cares. And I'm, no one remembers anything about it. Guys, you know, I you may think I'm joking, but I'm trying to really remember if he was the star of Avatar... Was it him or Jai Courtney or Taylor Kitsch or one of those other <laughs> interchangeable people? Ha- have they ever been in the same room together? I don't think Do, so. No, I don't think so. Hacksaw Ridge, though. Hey. Um, I liked it. <laughs> you, did you like it, Matt, or did you love it? I kind of loved it. You kind of loved it, didn't you? Uh, so for those, who, for those who don't know, for, for those who haven't seen it yet, it tells the real-life story of Desmond Doss, who is a conscientious objector. Um, going into World War II, he refuses to pick up a gun and kill anybody. Uh, and this tells his story. The first half of the movie is just him in basic training and him uh, being uh, put on trial. His 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 higher command is saying, "You sh- you know, pick up a gun and do something, you, you jackass." They're and like, he, "Come on, man! You're in the army. It's what you do." But you know, according to his religion, he really is you know not into killing anybody. Uh, but he really wants to be part of the war. So, and it's not just his religion; it's just it's like a very personal thing to him. Like, oh, that's right, I will yeah. never hold a gun again. Yeah, there, there are flashbacks and moments at the beginning of the film that really reveal like why he is, you know, not wanting to kill anybody. It's 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 a personal level. It's a religious. Uh, he doesn't want to, you know, go beyond his contradiction. So, that's the first half of the movie, and then the second half, as as Matt, you were saying, it gets crazy. <laughs> it gets it gets insanely, oh my God. insanely violent. I was in 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 shock. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's no surprise that Mel Gibson directed this because I think yeah. Mel Gibson. I don't want to call him deranged. He is. <laughs> oh no, he's batshit crazy. He is like, an he's, insane he person. Has, he Mel has Gibson le- is reliably nuts. Yeah, like he has legit mental issues, and 
I, I think the technical term is batshit. I mean, the things he does in this movie, like it being like an anti-war movie. One hand, a at, at moments I'll say like very Christian movie. Yes, it's very yeah, it's a very Christian movie. It's a very anti-war uh, movie. It's also a very uh, strong story of like remembering your veterans. Yeah, and man, is it? It again, it is maybe the most violent war movie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, it's up there. Yeah. Ah, man. Uh, I'm going to reveal one moment that really kind of shocked me. I think it's one of the early moments okay. in one of the war scenes. Um, one of our gun-wielding uh, uh, soldiers, uh, not Dadas, but somebody else, uh, he sees the, the, the Japanese ahead, and, uh, I mean, there's firing, there's, there's war going on. Uh, he looks to the ground for a shield, and he picks up... <laughs> Oh my god. He picks up a corpse as a shield. Well, no, no, no. He picks up the top half of a corpse. Yeah, the, the, Fucking the, hardcore. The oh torso. He picks up the, the top half of the corpse that you just saw turn into a corpse about ten minutes earlier. Picks up the torso and runs at the Japanese firing at them. And they're firing back into this. Because because that guy got ripped in half by a fifty caliber machine gun. <laughs> so... And you got to see the intestines go towards the screen. Yeah. So this soldier goes, I'm going to use his torso as a shield. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. I know! That's my review of this movie. Jesus fucking Christ. Just JFC. That's your your letterbox review. That's my review. Um, I I was expecting... Honestly, I was expecting a very average movie, but I was really surprised by the end. It's it's actually really well made. Yes. Andrew Andrew Garfield is... is, is, He's pretty much perfect in the role. Even though... He's quite good. I could not get this out of my head when I when he first started talking. Somebody joked online and said that uh, Hacksaw Ridge is like it's as if um, the page from Thirty Rock had his own war movie. Uh, Kenneth, <laughs> <Knight>. <laughs> it's the same like a- accents as Kenneth the Page. Hey, this movie made me forget the Amazing Spider-Man happened. So yes. all, all more power to it. This and silence. Oh, then I then I love it to death already. There, yeah, you'll probably like this thing, Connor. <laughs> Andrew Garfield may have had the best year with this and Silence, like two of the yeah. two, yeah, two of the best movies from last year. That and they're, which is very interesting because it's two films about you know sticking to your faith and your convictions. And also, the Japanese are not the uh, one would say the good guys in either. You could say no. you could say that for sure in Hacksaw Ridge. In, in Silence, it's. It's a little more ambiguous. Yeah, a little more ambiguous. But it's yeah, it's interesting. That's it's like a perfect double feature. Uh, yeah. Perfect Andrew Garfield uh, sticking to his faith. Double feature of Silence and Hacksaw Ridge. Well, I um, mean, from what I've seen, this is my favorite Mel Gibson directed film. I still love Braveheart. I th- uh, Braveheart is uh, amazing. I think it's amazing. Braveheart's one that I need to revisit. I think you do because I was blown but away. I've, I was blown away by it when I first. But saw I've, it. I've seen Braveheart since it was available on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen this, I've seen Braveheart, and I've seen Passion of the Christ, and I mean, oh. obviously, this one is this is my favorite. I do need to see Apocalypto. Apocalypto is very good. It's not as good as this, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. This this is my second favorite of his after Braveheart. So, yeah, I I have to I have to say yeah, um, because Mel Gibson was nominated for Best Director. I have to say. Yeah, he he's deserving of it. Uh, yeah, he did a fantastic job. I, I, th- I think I think so. I think he did a really really good job. Um, and I mean, personal shit aside, I'm looking forward to what he's doing next. Yeah, I yes. like the fact that Mel Gibson can have this dump truck full of personal shit get get thrown over, and then he just comes back with this all the time, yeah. and is seemingly impossible to put in the ground. Yeah, uh, 
because he, he he's been really trying to come back like in his acting roles in the, in the previous few years. But this yeah. this is definitely his comeback for sure. I mean, people were saying that at the Golden Globes, like when he got nominated for best director. But now it's 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 solidified with this best Oscar nomination. I thought, I thought Machete Kills was his comeback. I've been wrong with <laughs> No, no, absolutely not. Even um, Edge of Darkness, though. I guess. <laughs> But this is it. This is it for sure. So I, uh, good for him. Uh, he may be. Yeah, this movie. This movie is insanely good. Again, but... in real life, he may be a shitbag, but hey, he makes <laughs> he makes good movies. <laughs> that, that, yes, he does. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, Connie, you mentioned some of this, some of the movies uh, Mel Gibson has made and ones you've seen. Have you seen Apocalypto though, Connor? I have seen bits and pieces of Apocalypto, um, but not the whole thing. Yeah, it... I haven't seen that or Passion of the Christ. Yeah, uh, Passion of the Christ, you can. I mean, it's one of one of the uh, most violent. Again, one of the most violent movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but it's but it being about Jesus Christ. It's yeah. It's again. It's a weird mixture of this Christianity, this like f- this faith building, and also pure unadulterated violence. So that is that. Those these movies are a glimpse into the warped mind of Mel Gibson, and I am I for one. He's like, crazy. I like that this is on screen for people to see. It's yeah. It, it so yeah, worth a watch. <laughs> I'm so glad you liked it. By the way, I I uh, yeah. I was I, dreading your opinion on this one. I do like. I do very much like. I was it. like. I, I was do. like. Oh man, he's gonna hate it. No, I mean this is no Hell or High Water, which is again. I have to repeat it. <laughs> I hate that movie very much. Uh, it's from front of from what I've seen. It's definitely the worst Best Picture nominee I've seen this year. Uh, I have yet to see Lion. I'll see that pretty soon. Fake news. <laughs> you keep saying that. I don't know if you know what that means. It's not a real movie. <laughs> fake, fake news. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it and gonna report back to you. It's real. Um, but yeah, I don't believe you. It's not real. I'm sure we'll discuss more Oscar talk in later episodes. But yeah, that's our Oscar talk for this for this episode. I don't think we're gonna mention any other Oscar nominated movies. Unless, oh uh, yeah, we, wait, yeah, we are. So <laughs> yeah, we are. Jesus, <laughs> I, 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 my, my, my eyes went to the end. And I go, oh yeah. So hey, stay tuned for Oscar talk at the end of the show. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, Matt, you saw some movies, right? Uh, yeah, real quick, I did a. Uh, Carlo's been doing a James Bond marathon where he's watching the entire series uh, from beginning to end, and Whoa. I was I was home for when he watched uh, the Pierce Brosnan movies, and so yeah. GoldenEye is one of my favorite uh, James Bond films. I love the story. Uh, it doesn't hurt that I grew up playing the video game uh, incessantly over uh, friends' houses when I was growing up, uh, which also makes the movie interesting to watch these days uh, because James Bond misses so many objectives that how can he even be considered a double O agent if he misses all those double O objectives? It's very, very upsetting. Um, then we went on to watch uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which I personally really like. I think it's really cool that Jonathan Price plays a Steve Jobs, Rupert Murdoch, Ted Turner type uh, who can, you know, get whatever the hell he wants uh, just by inflating the media. And that one was pretty cool. Uh, World is Not Enough happened. Let's leave it at that. Denise Richards Richards plays a rocket scientist or something. Uh, Not so good, fam. Uh, And then Die Another Day, which is definitely a James Bond movie from 2002. Uh, 
this is the probably the worst in the entire franchise. Whoa, really? Uh, for me, at least. Oh yes, this uh, it's got terrible villains, an invisible car. What? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, it's got uh, uh, surfing. He I've only seen the surfing sequence and laughed my balls off. Oh yeah, with terrible CGI, it's terrible. Yes, uh, it's got that. It's got a terrible theme song. Uh, this is not a good movie. And LOL at Eon Productions for saying we're going to do a Halle Berry spinoff with her character Jinx from C- from the CIA. Bad. No, this is Are a bad kidding? movie. Bad movie. Bad. Yeah. That, that was, wait. That, that was almost the happened. plan. Yeah. Yeah. It almost happened. Uh, that we was the all, plan. Yes. We wow. Suddenly the Aunt May spinoff doesn't sound as insane as I thought it was. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, oh. So wait, uh, let's let's backtrack a bit because I I mean when you talk about Die Another Day, that's what my mind goes to. But it, <laughs> did you get a chance to see Tomorrow Never Dies? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I talked about uh, the bad guy in that. I love yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, that's I think my favorites. Brosnan. That one's great. I like uh, Michelle Yeoh in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I, fantastic. I, I I do like that one a lot for sure. Uh, but yeah, Die Another Day. It's funny you bring that up. I'll bring this up later. But uh, I was thinking of Die Another Day when I saw a movie I saw recently. Um, yeah, what what a crazy time that was. Also, uh, go on. Sorry, two thousand two is is when that was. Um, little movie called Triple X came out. I think that same year. Yes. Uh, oh boy. And we'll talk about that a little later. That's just a tease. Okay, Matt, what were you saying? I will say high point for Die Another Day, uh, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Playing yeah. a sword-wielding villainous. Yeah, and if it weren't for the terrible... But then again, but, the, but then there's low point, Madonna cameo. Oh, yeah. If it weren't for the terrible dialogue in that scene where Rosamund Pike fights Halle Berry, it'd actually be a really good scene. But no, yeah, it's, they it's should have had no written. dialogue in that scene. <laughs> no, it's bad, really bad. But hey, it, th- that's a movie. It happened. Connor, I ask you a quick question. What are your overall <laughs> thoughts on James Bond? Um, my dad is one of the biggest Bond fans, so I grew up watching the Connery films uh, ad nauseum. Um, I remember, oh damn it, uh, you only live twice being one of the most unintentionally racist films I've ever seen. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Face, when they yellow face Sean Connery. But I, yes. I was also yeah. a bit too young to even realize what the hell was going on. I just thought he looked funny. Um, but I maintain that GoldenEye is one of the most important films for our generation specifically because mm-hmm. a lot of us went from uh, Doom, Wolfenstein, to having the GoldenEye movie and the game for N64. Yeah. And it's one of the most influential entertainment properties, I think, in our lives. I oh, love yeah. that movie. And that game. The game is, I think, the, one of the closest things you can get to a perfect first-person shooter. It was awesome. Although, if you play it now, it's dog shit. But <laughs> it's still, it holds up. Did they bring it not back? Not with that N64 controller. Yeah, they remade it uh, under the Call of Duty skin, and it's trash. Oh, oh that's a shame. Oh, because yeah, even me, like, I'm not a huge gamer, and I remember back in the day eh, f- finding my way to that game, just, pl- just playing at a friend's house. So yeah, it, it's it's a culture milestone that that game for sure. DK mode, dude. <laughs> uh, my preferred mode was facility, power weapons, no odd job. <laughs> okay, blanket statement here on this show: if you play as odd job, you're a dickhead. And if you play as Jaws, you're a dickhead. Yes. Say that for Game Talk Society. Right? Fucking assholes <laughs> playing as odd job. Uh, hey. 
they those assholes should get on a train. They should. I think Connor got on a train. Tell us about oh, this movie. Oh, 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 okay. This is um, one I really need to see. But yes, go. I'm, I'm everyone needs to see Train to Busan. I. When is this? To- okay, let's just say this: zombie movies are not groundbreaking. They haven't been in decades. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. You can go to any streaming site or any red box that is currently available in any form and get at least 10 disposable zombie flicks on any given occasion. Yep. And to see a movie that plows through all that and does virtually nothing new and does everything so simply and straightforward and does it all almost perfectly. There are characters whose names I forget who you just get instantly attached to um, yeah. just by having them do awesome things. Oh yeah, uh, I I'm excited for this one. So so so, what's the main plot in, in Train to Busan? Uh, um, it, it's a father who's kind of a like they set up that he's kind of a bad dad, like he's always working. And then I think the, the scene they use to show his kind of inept parenting skills, he buys his daughter a Wii U, and he's like, "Oh, this is what you wanted." And she looks over and she has a Wii U on her desk already. Oh, I thought she would have been like a Wii U. No one wants this. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, I told you. He's like, oh. And she's, she basically requests to go see her mother in Busan for her birthday. So they both get in the train. And then outside of the train station, like a zombie attack has already begun. Oh, One of them gets on the train. And then it basically becomes Snowpiercer with zombies for a little while. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, there's chases from one train car to the other. They're they're fighting through train cars. They're sneaking through train cars. Um and it even uses the uh, the kind of class warfare they had going on Snowpiercer, where at some point there's several extremely villainous, very hateful, uh, wealthy people who are all hoarding at the front, not letting anybody else in. Uh, and they be they they take sen- they trump the zombies as the villain movie because they're so just petty and mean spirited. Damn. But it's a zombie movie. There's, there's no guns. No one has a weapon. Yeah, um, they're use they're like duct taping their arms and using their fists to fight through hordes of these things. Oh my god! Uh, and it's it was shockingly uh, emotional. I don't I don't get emotional in horror movies or even zombie movies. And there was several points in the movie I thought were extremely touching, uh, sad, um, or just exhilarating. Like I I saw Creed at some point, and it was the same feeling where I wanted to stand up and just fucking shout. It was so cool. Oh yeah. I I I think our our writer on the site Matt uh, Alex Miller uh, talked about yeah. this I think on on the site and possibly on the yeah. show I can't remember but yeah I, I've been hearing about this for for weeks almost months now and uh, I think it's isn't it out on Blu-ray already uh, it just came out yeah. on Blu-ray you can get it on Amazon for about twelve bucks okay good good yeah I this is going to be on my list to see in the next week I think. Because I've just from just the trailers and just people talking about it, uh, I I I am in need. After this week, especially, I am in need of a good zombie movie. Okay? Yeah, and because so, uh, I saw Connor, six, this I saw six terrible Resident Evil movies. Anyway, <laughs> Connor, this ranked really high for you for the year of 2016. This right? was my number one movie for 2016. Oh Damn. wow! Wow. Yeah, that's the and same for a, that's and the for a zombie year. movie. Yeah, that's the same year that Civil War and Star Wars movie came out. Yeah, yeah, not too shabby. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, what you're saying is I should watch the Blu-ray that I just bought. Yes, it is <laughs> okay. Give it, give it. I a guess shot. I don't have enough good things to say about it. And the ending is perfect. The pace is perfect. Like it just, it 
starts kind of like the wheels keep rolling and they just get faster and faster and faster. And by the end of it, you're kind of just wondering like what set piece is going to top the previous one. Oh, wow. So what you're telling me is I should wait for the American remake. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> Which has been announced. That's I know because we can't just because people don't like to read subtitles. Have they... they don't need they don't need to read because the Blu-ray has an English dub. So in- <gasps> American remake is pointless. Sure, I'm sure the dubbing is dreadful, but still, like it's it's pure the way it is. Don't mess with it. I'm probably gonna watch it twice, once with subtitles and once with the dub because I want a, a chuckle. Have they announced what director is gonna do the? Uh, no, the not remake? yet. Yeah, uh, not yet. Who, who do you think will will do it? Uh, uh, will they go easy and just say, "Hey, how about uh, Paul W. S. Anderson? How about that?" No, you know he has other things on his plate. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk yeah, about him got, later. Yeah, he has a Monster Hunter movie to make because, as if they couldn't just keep tossing him weird video game licenses to make. No, he needs to make Event Horizon too. That's what he needs to do. I'm on board with that. <laughs> yes, I'd be totally on board with that. If it's as any because the first one, yes, yes, please, yes, yes. Uh, I think. I know Matt and I are split on Paul W. Sanderson. Yes, we are. This is uh, you want to hear a weird pick? You want to hear a weird pick for who would make American Train to Busan movie? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. Who, Connor, yeah. Zack Snyder. Ah, uh, well, ah. Uh, and you want to know why? Dawn why? of the Dead. That is the only reason. Oh, yeah. True, yeah, yeah. He it, understands. He, he demonstrates. He, Zack, okay. Zack Snyder knows <laughs> what he's doing some days of the week. <laughs> I will I will agree to that. I will the other that. days of the week, he just he puts on a dumb face and just goes to work and phones it in. Um, like he's done for the last, I don't know, few movies. But uh, I, no, he, he gets, he, he I think he understands zombies uh, and I think he understands the horror genre a little better than he does anything else. I, I would like to see him do a, a smaller movie after, what, the, like the last... Almost like ten years, like he's been doing like big, big you know big blockbusters. Yeah, do something smaller, Mister Zack Snyder. Um, Let him make uh, a Doom movie. Because <laughs> 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 uh, does he? I'm looking it up right now. Does he have like a? Oh god, it's not Atlas Shrugged. It's one of those. No, movies. he's oh, doing the Fountainhead. The Fountainhead. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Not win me over. You're not winning me over, Zack Snyder. No, you know you're not. Hey, Batman vs Superman. That 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 was a split in between them. <laughs> These I'm transitions. Tra- trying to transition into just glorious. Uh, Connor, this that, that that's a running joke on this show. Does the the, uh, the segues, the transitions are always terrible. Uh, split is a movie I saw. I approve. <laughs> split I saw twice in the past week. Oh damn. Okay, I guess it's good. Uh, yes. It is very, very good. Um, what? Uh, Tell me about this movie without spoiling it, please. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm getting to that. I, I'm. I went talk... and spoiled it myself, and now I'm twice as fascinated as I was before. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Matt. I mean, Matt hasn't seen it. I, I, maybe one day, Matt, will have like a spoiler-filled discussion on the podcast. Yes. Um. To yeah, I don't want to get into that portion of it, but yeah. I'll say I'll say this to start. If you're a fan of early M. Night Shyamalan, and I say early as in uh, The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable. I, I like I like The Sixth Sense a lot. Uh, Unbreakable. Signs. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I okay. think Signs is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, that I need to revisit it, Connor, because that the moments I think it's the moment I think it's the scariest moment in the movie, and maybe of all time for me. 
when is it Joaquin Phoenix? He's watching that video. Right? Uh. Yeah, jeez, yeah, that and and the alien pops up. Man, it. I will watch it soon. I'm I'm sorry we're spoiling this for you, Matt, but I I already know the ending, kind of. <laughs> no, the end. Well, okay, the ending is a little hokey because it yeah. all kind of like it it all comes together in a way that's not really natural. But what Shyamalan does with little visual um uh like tricks with the with the aliens, you don't ever see a full body shot of these things until towards the end of the movie. And then when you finally see it, it makes your skin crawl. It's not even that. It's not even that complicated of a design. But to see it after having, I don't know, an, almost an hour and a half, like an hour of yeah. not seeing anything at all, and having it pop up in such a weird way. Yeah, I, it works. So I. So getting back to Split, if you're a fan, I say if you're a fan of those three movies, and that's all I say, those three movies, then I think you'll really enjoy Split. Uh, I mean, and even if you're a fan of The Visit, uh, his movie from, what, like two years ago now? Loved um, it. I'm then, making chicken pot pie tonight. <laughs> that was such a bizarre experience. Uh, did, did you like The Visit, Connor? I I came out of it like, did I like that? <laughs> Which is, I didn't hate it. I just, like, at some point, I, it, it unnerved me to a point where... Um, I think the, when they're playing hide and seek in the crawl space, I'm just thinking to myself like, if I see an old woman running around in the crawl space mm-hmm. doing that, I'm out of here. I'm gone. There's no way. Yeah. See you later, guys. <laughs> it freaked me out. Uh, I mean, I, th- I thought it was interesting, and it was weird to see Shyamalan do something like a found footage movie, basically. But it worked. <laughs> it totally worked. Um, uh, yeah, super bizarre movie that I didn't seem to hate, but I wasn't crazy about it. Yeah, I I, I know Matt and I really liked it. I I I I think I said this when we talked about it on the podcast, maybe Matt. But um, like wh- when you give uh, Shyamalan, and I guess this is kind of connecting back to the Zack Snyder talk. I I, I go to Zack Snyder. I go do a smaller movie, see what happens. Yeah. So with uh, the visits, uh, Shyamalan was given a smaller movie after the the disasters that were the last Airbender and After Earth. Like bigger I haven't world. seen those. Those are terrible movies. Wait, you really haven't seen The Last Airbender? No. Holy crap. It is really bad. It is I don't know so how to describe that I should movie. Watch, without... I should watch it with Rift Tracks? Yeah. Probably. I would actually suggest watching it without it just to just absorb the pure amount of what the fuckery is happening. <laughs> it is not... It is the most uneventful action film I've ever seen. See, I don't want to watch it because I haven't even seen the show, and I don't want that to be my first exposure to these characters. I saw it in the theater because I worked at the uh, marquee at the time, so I went with all my employees that are, you know, one of our okay. late night showings. So I'm in a room with fans of the show, and I'm just hearing them all get frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it as, as someone who hasn't seen the show, and I kind of want to see the show now just to get better, uh, better acquainted with like a good version of this universe of Last Airbender. Because it is one of the worst things I've seen uh, in the last like twenty years. Last Airbender. Then After Earth it's is real bad. After Earth is not good at all. Um, so yeah. So. And I un- I unapologetically love terrible movies, and it's 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 got no redeeming bad qualities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the visit, I was like, yeah, this is a breath of fresh air. Uh, him and the people at Blumhouse Productions are doing good work. Yes, they uh, are. And then now Bloomhouse and, and, and M. Night Shyamalan are back with Split. And yeah, I, I think it absolutely works. It's a smaller movie. 
uh, built on performances, especially the, the performance of James McAvoy. As I hear this. he's tremendous in this. He, the, the audience I saw it with, or well, I should say the second audience I saw it with, I saw it uh, with a much smaller crowd on Monday at the Draft House. Very quiet affair. And then uh, on Tuesday, uh, I saw it with a Regal audience, $5 Tuesdays, and it was much bigger. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And they were really into it. There, there were points I said during the movie when they were shouting at the screen that they were so so into it. Nice. Uh, but they were cracking up uh, by James McAvoy. They, they, they were just really, really, really enjoying James McAvoy as these characters because he has his split personality disorder. Uh, so yeah, James McAvoy captures these three girls. One of them played by um, the lead from uh, The Witch. The Vivitch. Uh, the <laughs> Oh, that's where I saw her. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And I know, Matt, you're a huge fan of The Witch. It should go with Oh, I love it. It's like the best horror movie in like 50 years. (laughs) The Witch is is fantastic. No, Matt Matt does not like The Witch. I'm being terribly sarcastic. I hate that movie. I'm going to crawl the internet and slap you in the face. (laughs) That's what a lot of listeners would like to do, Connor, to Matt, I'm predicting. Because people like The Witch, Matt. People do. calling Calling a catchphrase is bad. Ugh. See, the, oh. the way you feel about the witches, how I feel about hell or high water. We That's we each fine. we each have our own. But uh, uh, I can't pronounce her name. Uh, Anna Anna Taylor Joy. Is it just Anna A N Y A? I'm just sure. yeah Anna Taylor Joy. She's she's the lead girl in this group. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's again it's 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 a small movie. Then it gets not to spoil things, but yes, it, it takes some turns. And some unexpected turns, you you, you might say, uh, and it, it really got me from beginning to end. I was really into it. There's a reason why I saw this twice in one week. I just I I'm in love with what Emma uh, Shyamalan is doing here, and I'm looking forward to what he's doing next. So I'll need to see this. That's me and Split. And uh, Matt, I'll just like I like I said before, I know we have Unbreakable on the list uh, for later, but we don't need to discuss that. I'll just say real quick. You know, see uh, for I'll just say. This about Split and M. Night Shyamalan, okay? Thankfully, Split is 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 like a, a career revival for, for him. Uh, I think it's like the fourth biggest opening in January. Nice. Uh, that, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Again, I want to hear what he, I want to see what he does next. And I'll just say for people who... This is the perfect time to revisit M. Night Shyamalan, okay? Revisit uh, The Sixth Sense. Revisit Unbreakable. Revisit Signs. Even give the village a shot. It's fine. It's it's okay, um, but those th- the, the the three I mentioned are the three you should go back watch rewatch for the first time whatever, uh, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, because um, I think that is that those movies are like the core of what makes him good and bad <laughs> those three combined uh-huh. and he brings that into Split so for good and bad you know what watch the happening too to watch Mark Wahlberg question things for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but I'm glad he's back. So like, we can move on from splits because I very much enjoyed it. So, what is next, folks? Uh, hey, I Matt. watched a movie about a friendly little octopus in a in an aquarium that was way too small. This could be anything. Is this uh, Finding Dory? No, for real though. I watched. Um, holy crap! I watched Chen Park Chen Wook Park's uh, The Handmaiden finally, and yes, please times a billion uh this movie was everything i had hoped it would be it is uh it is violent it has 
some of the most sensual scenes I've ever seen in a uh, wide release film. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, it's got fantastic performances across the board. Uh, Park is like a master at 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 at, uh, at direction and misdirection. This movie has about three separate twists, and they all land perfectly. And they all work. Uh, he'll set off the first one and go, oh, how about you like that one? How about this one? And then he'll just slam you in the face with it. And then he comes to another twist. He's like, well, I'm going to punch you in the face with this twist as well. Uh, <clears throat> the Handmaiden is one of the best films uh, in 2016. It is uh, astoundingly good. Uh, one of, Also one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. Uh, this I, I love The Handmaiden so much. And I need to check out more of his work because I feel like he'd be right up my alley. Well, outside of Old Boy, um, which I have not seen, Old Boy. Oh, yes, I know. I've seen this Oof. and I've seen this and Stoker. That's it. I mean, I tell everyone, I'm like, yo, strap in because Old Boy doesn't pull a single punch. This doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I I I've seen uh, Old Boy. Um, uh, Stoker and The Handmaiden, and yeah, uh, for I'm very happy if I saw this, Matt. Again, I'll, it's, I'll, I'll, it's so good. I'll say, hey, I told you so. I told you so. Damn it, you did. <laughs> I did, right? Uh, but yeah, but okay. Drop what you're doing right now. We can stop the podcast because Matt, see old boy. Okay, see, watch, watch old and- boy. And then I would suggest watching Lady Vengeance and Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance too, because they're all it's it's his revenge trilogy. It's it's three thematically similar movies. See, what I was going to say was I don't know where my old boy Blu-ray is, but I know where my Sympathy for Lady Vengeance uh, DVD is. Lady Vengeance is probably the weaker one of the three of those, actually. It's very strange, and not like old boy and Mr. Vengeance. Mr. Vengeance is just it's two hours of awful things happening to lots of people. So it's a Coen Brothers movie. Awesome. <laughs> I've also seen Thirst. Thirst is really good. I, I enjoy. Yeah, that I, one. I hear it's really good. Yeah, that's his vampire one, right? Yes, yes. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I, there's a reason why uh, for the talk from Society Awards, it got nominated for uh, everything. A, a plethora, yeah, for best film, uh, best director, screenplay. Uh, Shame it wasn't up for uh, any performances. No, yeah, it, because uh, they're great. Yes. As the vote counter, I can say it came close. Uh, there were some votes in for for the performances for the Talk from Society Awards, but oh, really? That's that's awesome yeah. because uh, Minhee Kim, she plays Lady Hideko in this. Uh, amazing. Yeah, she plays she plays the heiress in this, and holy crap, is she good? Yeah, and and going back to the to the uh, twists and turns, uh, this is my it's tied for my favorite script of last year. This and Arrival are are up there. Yeah. Because uh, I just sat in in awe of just where the story was going. Uh, like like you said, I think you said three separate times, right? There's... It has like yeah, it has three yeah. separate perfectly executed twists. And I'm like, what, what, what? And I was like, this movie cannot top itself again, and then it does. And I was... and there's an octopus. It's awesome. <laughs> what Another else one? Do you need? There's there's some in uh, Old Boy too. Ooh. He must have a thing for these octopi. Oh, <laughs> uh, there might be an octopus in every single movie. We just don't know it. It's like hidden I'll in the background. Great. Now I'm going to be looking out for octopi in each <laughs> freaking movies. It's like pigs in the Saw franchise. Oh, oh my uh, god. We should mention this, Matt. Uh, where? Uh, how did you come about seeing it on Blu-ray? 
Uh, well, America isn't cool enough to get a Blu-ray release. Uh, we just got digital and DVD. So I phoned up my good friends up in the Great White North. I ordered my Blu-ray from Amazon Canada. And boy, is that thing pretty. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I have my fingers crossed that the U.S. comes to its senses... Uh, I mean, overall, it's not. But in this uh, in this economy, <laughs> uh, but Blu-ray wise, um, I know Amazon Studios uh, released it here in the states, and I'm sure it'll yeah. be on Amazon Prime soon enough. Yes, but hey, yeah. we would love a an, a an American Blu-ray of this of the Handmaid. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be very. It would be, it'd be amazing. Um, give us nice sweet. things. Yes, please yeah. give us nice things. I know, I know. Canada. I mean, Canada might. I mean, be out, outward appearances aside, we're pretty nice. <laughs> Canada might be mad at us because we have the Criterion Collection, and they have like they they have the Criterion Collection, but they have like twenty, you know, Blu-rays, and we uh-huh. have the, we have the whole kit and caboodle. But hey, come on, you know, give us something. <laughs> um, so that's the Handmaiden. One Speaking of your favorites. Of, uh, one of my favorites of 2016. Uh, which maybe by the time you're listening to this, my. Uh, Best of the year list will be published on TalkFilmSociety.com. Ooh, check for that, folks. Moving on, we can move on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. X this, X X gonna give it to you. What'd you go see? This is gonna be a quick one. Okay. Triple X, as previously mentioned. Uh, I'm gonna confine. This is gonna be my pull quote for the poster. Um, Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. Uh, is a good version of Dying of the Day. Oh shit! Okay, okay, cool. Uh, so, and to, to get further into this, uh, yeah, it it. I love this movie. I absolutely love it. Uh, I saw the first one for the first time, like maybe a year ago. Triple X. Uh, yeah, and it's not. It's not good. It's it's it's. It, <laughs> It's what you expect from an action movie from the early two thousands with like new I metal. I have not seen that one. Yeah, you know, it wasn't didn't come out after Fast and Furious kind of fell off the rails. No, I think it or came out during. Yeah, well, no, it came out I think a year after Fast and Furious, the first one, because I think okay. uh, I think Vin Diesel had a one-two punch of Fast and Furious and Triple X. He was going for the franchises. And Riddick. And Riddick, yeah, that's right. Riddick's, Jeez. Riddick's the Riddick's the one that matters to me. Yeah. Um, I, I I do like the 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 new Riddick, the one that came out like three years ago. That's that's good, right? It kind of bombed at the box office, didn't it? Though, yeah, September. That's a shame. <laughs> anyway, but hey, so I I'm a huge fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, and I was looking forward to this because Vin Diesel is a producer on this, as he is with Fast and Furious, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, is it possible for Vin Diesel to make me care about this franchise that I really don't care about? Um, I've seen the first one. I don't really want to see the second one with Ice Cube. That's the only. That's the one I have seen. Is, is that any good? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. But hey, Vin Hot Diesel. Hot garbage. You sounded almost insulted. <laughs> no. How could, no. How could you even ask me that? Vin Diesel knows how to make an action movie. Okay. He knows what elements there need to be to make an enjoyable film I think yeah it's, I've said for years that Vin Diesel does one thing good and he just he should just do that one thing 
for the rest of his life. <laughs> he should just be making these types of movies. Yes. The, the cast he brings in, he brings in Donnie Yen. He yes, brings, please. He, he brings in Tony Jaw. Yes. He, he, he even brings in Tony Collette. <laughs> you are, you're, dude, you, Marcelo, you are knocking off all the boxes here. You're checking off everything I love about cinema. Um, Tony, Tony, uh, Donnie Yen and Tony Collette. You, you are, you're the three, the Holy Trinity. I, I, I really want to see this again. Uh, and it, it's a shame that this bombed at the box office. Uh, okay, of fine. It Hopefully, did it bomb or skip? I heard it got beat by Split, but I don't know. I didn't hear it bombing. It, it got it bombed, but like at this point, I think it, it will eventually make its money back in China. You know, it's not a big. Movie here in the U.S. I, I uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and it looks like its budget is 85, and its box office is 83. I'm gonna bet you that most of that box office is not from the U.S. It's from overseas, because yeah. uh, this is a like a. I mean, we're in the world now where some of these productions are like uh, China co-produced. Yep. Um, but yeah, but man, the act, Vin Diesel is like the savior of action movies. I think at this point, <laughs> I, I'm being dead serious about it. What he. What, I'm giving him all the credit because he is again he's the producer of like this and Fast and Furious, and 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 he, I'm sure he's like the driving force of why this is a thing now in 2000, in 2017 after like 15 years of after the first one. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. The uh, one action scene, uh, uh, and I'll mention this and then I'll shut up. One action scene has Vin Diesel chasing Donnie Yen through uh, a Detroit freeway. And they're fighting each other, jumping on cars. Uh, cars are crashing into each other. They get hit by cars. Uh, they almost get run over by cars. And they're doing this while fighting. Um, and it's a chase. It's, it's very similar to the Civil War uh, chase with, um, what's his name? Captain America and Black Panther and uh, the Winter Soldier. It's like, but it's with normal quote unquote people <laughs> Vin Diesel and Donnie Yen. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful scene. So, and there's also a zero gravity airplane scene uh, at the end, which is one of the best action scenes I've seen on a big screen. So, yeah, uh, I sound like a crazy person, but I'm gonna say Triple X: Return of Xander Cage is well worth your time if you're an action fan. Uh, yeah, uh, what a crazy time it is to be alive. I never thought I'd hear someone try to convince me to go see a Triple X movie. I mean, if you <laughs> if you're a fan of dumb action. And this is right up your alley, man. This is uh, the, uh, one more action scene. I'll spoil for you, Donnie. And this is this is why I thought of Diner the Day. Donnie Yen and Vin Diesel are chasing each other. This is a separate scene. They're on motorbikes to begin with, and then the motorbikes okay. then the motorbikes become jet skis. Um. Yes, please. And they they end up surfing. Okay. And they end up surfing on the water with these motorcycle jet skis. <laughs> it's insane, but it is amazing. So I had so much fun. I had a big smile on a smile on my face by the end of it. So I'll t- I'll take five. <laughs> Xander uh, Triple X Return of Xander Cage, well worth your time, and it makes me want to see another one of these. I am, <laughs> and you know what, Vin Diesel will make it. Oh, I I I'm I'm happy for it uh, because man, I can't Matt I I can't tell you how excited I am for the new Fast and Furious. I'm gonna be binge watching those that series, rewatching them b- before it comes out, and just. Um, um, I want the explanation for evil Vin Diesel to be so stupid and uh, over the top. It's gonna. I be, want him to be a clone. It's oh, at this point, I will not be surprised because it, it's it's a ridiculous series that I love wholeheartedly. So, 
Also, yeah. um, a heads up for anyone who uh, listens to the show and follows us on Twitter. Uh, give a follow to Vin Diesel. He just joined this week. Vin Diesel on Twitter? Vin Diesel finally joined Twitter two days ago. Oh, I missed that announcement. Yes, and he has he has one tweet so far, and it's him on a beach, and it says "Thanks for the love." And with a with a rainbow behind him, right? <laughs> with a fucking rainbow, I and it's that. beautiful. <laughs> oh, I, uh, the me from fifteen years ago will, will be very surprised of the me now. Uh, we love you, Vin Diesel. Vin, I now love Vin Diesel. Back then, I couldn't stand that person, but now I love him. <laughs> uh, so that's triple X for me. All right, uh, who's next, Matt? Real quick, I'm going to run down a few movies. I just want to tell you what I thought of them. Uh, I watched a, uh, the Sundance premiere, uh, Berlin Syndrome, starring Teresa Palma. Very good. I saw Hidden Figures. Quite good. I saw Sausage Party. I laughed a lot. And I revisited Michael Clayton. It's fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking masterpiece. <laughs> it's fucking masterpiece. Can't even speak words. <laughs> Put that on the poster. Re-release it. Put it on the poster. Michael Clayton. Yeah, it's it's fucking masterpiece. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Those are my takes on those movies, real quick. Well, here uh, 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 I'm going to give you. Uh, uh, here's going to be a good transition. Okay, I'm going to give you quick takes on these movies. Okay. Okay. Uh, Slender Man, or what's the full title? Beware of the Slender Man. Where it's that documentary? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. HBO documentary. I saw it. Not good. I. Oh. I, really? I, okay. Here's why I don't like it. It, it it tells the tale of these two girls uh, who stab another girl, be, uh, and they're like twelve. Um, and, yeah. And uh, yeah, the the girls who stab the other girl, they blame Slenderman on it. They they um they're like under the. It, it's hard to under explain. His spell, yeah, under a spell, shit. some shit like that. Like they they want to be like his pawns. Uh, and yeah, the documentary. First off, it's an hour and forty minutes long, which is too long for this subject matter, because half of it is interesting and very well made, uh, and that half is when they actually get into the case and they get into like the 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 people or the, the, these two girls behind like this attempted murder. That's really that's really good. I wish it would have been just that. The part I hated was when they get into the backstory of Slenderman and the mythology. I think it's very... I think it's dumb. I think they didn't handle it very well. One of my biggest gripes is, like, they try to reenact some Slenderman things from the, okay, from the internet. Okay, you lost me. And just, they, give me a, just give me a Slenderman horror movie. That's all I want. Yeah, th- this you already is, got one. It's called, it's called Marble Hornets. It's out there. <laughs> I thought it was called The Bye Bye Man. <laughs> no, the the Pee Pee Poopy Man? The Pee Pee Poopy Man, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I... Uh, after... <laughs> 20, 30 minutes of watching the same guy, the, the same reenactor, the same tall guy who they put like a white mask and suit on, <sighs> walking around the woods, trying to keep you out. I was like, you know, I, I get what the Slender Man is. I don't need all this. And they bring in experts to talk about like mythology and and like how this kind of thing has been around for decades. They talk about. Wait the, a minute. They bring in ex. What are they bringing in? Four channers. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 quantifies you as a Slender Man expert? I'm sh- a red Really high karma. I shit you not. They bring in. <laughs> I, 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 I shit you not. They, they bring in. I think the founder of KnowYourMeme.com. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> well, at least he knows his memes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that part of the documentary I didn't care for, and that's why overall I am not a fan. So okay, that's a fair assessment. It's on HBO. 
if you really want to find out more about the case, I if you're really that into it about the girls and like what they did, yeah. I say go for it. But if you want, I, I I think I was with you, man. I wanted something more from this documentary. I wanted it to be yeah. something else that it, that it definitely was not. So that's a shame. That's a shame. Oh well, Sunderman. Okay. Oh. Uh, so let's transition to this next film that you're going to discuss, Matt. And I'll just really quickly say, I saw all of the Resident Evil movies. I am so sorry. Every single one of them, including the new one. Uh, and we'll, we'll save that discussion for next time, because Matt hasn't seen it yet. I'll just say overall, I am not a fan. <laughs> not a fan in the, in the slightest. Uh, but Matt, I know you are a fan of these movies, so I'm going to toss it to you. Um, to an extent. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you you made it seem like you really, really, really like these movies, okay? I, like, look, some mistakes I, were made. I like... I enjoy Paul W.S. Anderson. I really like Mia Jovovich. That's it. Oh, come on. Come on. I like And I like crazy, off-the-wall, bonkers action scenes. And this movie that I watched, Resident Evil Retribution, gave me that. It also gave me video game levels in a movie, which was really cool. Uh, but I'll just say, we were online, like, DMing each other. And I think we were on, like, our talkfromsociety.com chat, whatever. You, yeah. gave, you gave me some shit for not liking these movies. I'll say that. Did I? <laughs> you did. Or was that, or, or was that Rob? Uh, but you were okay, Rob Trench. Just because we're white guys doesn't make you the same person. <laughs> Damn it! Rob Trench loves this series, and you okay? And I will say you were uh, really on Rob Trench's side. Okay, you were really like, agreeing with what he was, what he was saying. Hashtag, and what, hashtag Team Rob. <laughs> and I re I I couldn't I cannot wrap my head around any praise for these movies maybe okay I'll say this and we're gonna talk about Retribution I will give some credit to Retribution it compared to the final chapter for sure and to the ones before it it's maybe the oh I, I, my mouth can't even say this the, <laughs> the best directed of the six <laughs> it's really hard to say I can barely take you seriously in that <laughs> The only one I really like, I think, is the fourth one, Afterlife. Um, mostly because I thought the score was so cool, it distracted me from all the dumb I was seeing. I, I, I honestly can't remember what happened in that one. What, what happens in Afterlife? Uh, a lot shit. of they kill a lot of zombies. Oh, it's every single goddamn movie. That's yeah, uh, basically. It's hard to keep this keep these movies straight. It is damn it, right. The only every thing that movie makes... has Mila Jovovich firing a gun in slow motion exactly. into the camera. The and, only thing yeah. that made Retribution even, and I'm not saying it's good, the only thing that made it interesting was they brought back, like, Michelle Rodriguez and, like, some of the previous cast, and they had, like, the, the clone thing going on, and, uh, like, Mila Jovovich has a, has a kid at one point, right? Yes. Uh, her, her clone does. So all of that made it interesting for me. Not good, but interesting. So I'll give it that. But... Other than that, the entire series just runs into one another. I cannot tell. Oh them wait, Retribution has one of my favorite unintentionally comedic things I've ever seen. Um, I think it's when Barry and his team of nameless grunts are firing a seamlessly endless amount of ammunition into a wall of zombies who all have like vehicles and guns and chainsaws. Oh, yeah. yeah, and one of them, one of these zombies, just seemingly he just walks through a hail of gunfire. And chainsaw some guy to death who does nothing to defend himself. I remember that. And takes it. 
And there's like horrendous of CG blood popping up, and he's just standing there just getting sawed up, and like there's no motion on his face, and he just falls over. And no one else in the scene cares. No, they just go like, oh, well, shit. Well, there goes that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he was map He was map guy. That's what he was. He had a map. Yeah, he was the map guy, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, um, but hey, you love these movies, right, Matt? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I enjoy them thoroughly. Uh, uh, you don't en- love them. Even that's a stretch for me, enjoying these movies. Uh, I... Uh, it's it's rough, man. Uh, hey, but hey, you know what? I'll say this. I, I gave them a fair shot. I did buy the $15 five movie set. Um, I put money down. I watched them all in a week. And I can come out saying, absolutely, I am not a fan of this series. So there you go. I gave, uh, them, a, I gave them a fair shake. A funny note for that is if you you can take any Resident Evil movie and stack it up against Ultraviolet, which also had Mia Jovovich, and you'd think the Resident Evil movies were a gift from God. <laughs> uh, fact. <laughs> Factual statement. Ultraviolet is really bad. I've heard c- people come out of the w- woodwork in recent years defending Ultraviolet. Uh, what the movie? Yeah, yeah bring them to me. Bring them to me. I'm going to slap them with a dead <laughs> salmon. Okay. <laughs> they might be the same people who who. I mean, I mean, Matt. You know for sure. I don't know if you know this, Connor. I don't know if you're on Letterboxd ever, but people on Letterboxd love the Resident Evil movies to a point where it's like I, I'm worried about their mental health. They're like comparing it to like, uh, oh my god! I I don't want to even pull up one of the reviews. Matt, I mean, Matt, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, yeah, I know. Again, Rob Trench brought this to our attention, giving him five out of five stars, comparing him to like the best of the the the, the best of cinema, uh, pulling all these allegories, all these themes from like retribution. What? No, they're just they're shoot 'em up trash. Exactly, because yeah, people are insane. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like it's like their shtick or something, making trash. Seem I, oh you know going to uh, 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 an inside joke from months ago, Matt. What is it? Vulgar altruism. <laughs> yeah, take a shot. Uh, bullshit. That's a bullshit term. After seeing the series, I can tell you for sure, vulgar altruism is a bullshit term. Uh, so yeah. hey, uh, any fans out there who are those letterbox reviewers who love this film series, I'm sorry, but you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> We can respectfully disagree. That's where I stand. So I'm sorry. Uh, oh boy, I, I really did not expect to talk about Resident Evil this much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. Neither did sorry, I. Connor. We're on a time crunch, and we wasted time talking about this. Uh, let's move yeah, on. Yeah. Well, the next movie is going to be a doozy. Crack Here we go, knuckles. Connor. Uh, tell us about, tell us about the early nineties Stephen King masterpiece, The Lawnmower Man. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Stephen King part because. I'm going to read the synopsis of Stephen King. Seven-page short story Okay. that was adapted into a 90-minute sci-fi horror movie. Oh, no. Guess what? The plot for the the short story is like a guy comes to mow a lawn, and then he sacrifices the owner to a pan god, and that's basically it. Okay, cool. The plot for The Lawnmower Man, the movie, with Jeff Fahey doing... I don't want to use this term, but the term going full retard had to come Ooh. from this movie. Oof. Jeff Fahey's performance in this as Joe would not fly today, but the movie Lawnmower Man is about Pierce Brosnan making a simple lawnmower uh, cutter or lawn cutter into a basically a demigod the use of 1990s virtual reality and drugs. Hell yeah. And it is a train wreck from start to finish I don't know 
what the fuck was happening when they were making this movie. Pierce Brosnan is like shirtless and smoking cigarettes and half acting the entire time. Jeff Bates yes, is dialed up to twenty when he should be at like a respectable seven, uh, and everybody is either uh, creepy and weird or extremely mean. Oof. One of the people who's extremely mean is a priest. Of course. Why not? Everyone treats Joe. Yeah, and then so basically, uh, Pierce Brosnan's running this uh, program to uh, increase intelligence in apes, and he's using virtual reality to do that because reasons. Uh, the ape Oof. breaks out, gets gunned down because it's like starting to apply whatever it's learned in the virtual reality to real life and starts gunning down humans and whatever. Um, so the program's suspended, and then Pierce Brosnan's character starts utilizing these uh, th- this research on uh, Job. Like I said, the lawnmower man. And he becomes stronger. He becomes uh, more intelligent. He can he can now apply telekinesis to the real world. He's a master hacker. Um, and then suddenly the movie just goes into... Uh, there's this weird mythology about how he's going to restore humans to uh, like some kind of grand consciousness that was before. Uh, and then it ends with really awful 1990s... Uh, Young CG. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. It, I this is one I've seen bits and parts on on cable that uh, I was thinking of watching in full because uh, I, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, Connor. Uh, how did this get made? They they covered I, this. I listened to the podcast as soon as I finished watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 I, I am enticed. I mean, even like, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard the story, Connor. And for those listeners, uh, I, I've never, I never recommend podcasts on my own podcast. But hey, take a listen to that one. It's interesting, the Lawnmower Man episode in particular. But like Stephen King wanted his name off the movie, right? <laughs> and he like sued. sued. He, he sued, sued them because they they took the name Lawnmower Man and and just slapped it onto this other script called Cyber God. And then just uh, called it a day, basically. Jesus. <laughs> it has nothing to do with this short story at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it, and it doesn't so- help that it's a big old pile of crap that got a sequel. <laughs> That's right. It got a sequel, didn't it? I, yeah. I, and every, everyone involved in the first movie cyberspace. ran for the hills. Uh, Jeff Fahey doesn't come back. Pierce Brosnan doesn't come back. Um, nobody comes back. Uh, I think they got Matt Frewer, who... Honey, I Shrunk is, the Kids. Uh, yeah, and he was, uh, I mentioned Dawn of the Dead earlier. He's a dude who gets bit in Dawn of the Dead, who, uh, kind of slowly changes and they have to shoot him. Um, he also plays, uh, Moloch in, uh, Yes, Watchmen. in Watchmen, yeah. Um, he looks nothing like Jeff Fahey. But if you look on IMDb, they, Jeff Fahey's on the poster for the second one. <laughs> he is, yeah, that's him, that's in the bottom, looking as simple Jack as he can. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this, this movie. So... It's, it's mesmerizing. Uh, I... It's kind of on the level of, like, Super Mario Brothers. Ooh. Do not Where besmirch have... that film. <laughs> In my presence. Bob Hoskins did enough as it is. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like watching... Uh, it, it, it's like watching a car crash in slow motion. Like, when you think... When I rewatched it, the first, like, 15 minutes, I couldn't believe I wasn't watching an episode of Mission Sound Theater. Oh, I, I need to see this. You've convinced me. I need to see this trash. Absolutely. Uh, I'll see this. If I want to sell you even more, the director, let me pull him up. You know what his first movie was? What was it? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Ooh. Wait, what? The director of Killer Clowns from Outer Space also made Lawnmower Man, who also made Virtuosity. 
<laughs> why? Why does this guy <laughs> have an Oscar already? I mean, he didn't do Killer Clowns. I've got. I'm looking right at his filmography. No. Who's right? Who's wrong? What's, what's Steven going Chiodo, on? Steven Chiodo, the Chiodo brothers, he did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. What the hell is this, name, this guy's name attached to it? All Wait, right. What the hell's happening here? Let's see do what's not, going on. Do not my links are all messed up. Do not besmirch the Chiodo brothers. This guy's first movie was the fucking Dead Pit, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> that sounds like direct DV trash. Um, yeah, no, I've got, like, for the Dead Pit, uh, the Dead oh. Pit. Oh, his, his first acting performance was he was a clown in Killer Clowns. There you go. Oh boy! What oh, a, wow! So this guy I guess was an you, actor. In Hollywood, you fail upwards. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Jesus. There you go. Matt was really upset there for a second. Yeah. Don't make fun of the Chiodo brothers like that. <laughs> but the virtuo- the the leap to virtuosity all of a sudden Ooh. makes a bit more sense too. Yeah. Yeah. That's another movie that happened. Certainly. <laughs> uh, so lawnmower man put that on your watch lists folks um right next to like the the oscar films you're gonna watch this this month i guarantee you won't forget it i just can't guarantee (laughs) you'll like it (laughs) uh take a take a break from good movies and watch the lawnmower take take a break from something good that's wholesome and, and uplifting and stimulating and watch this trash yeah here's our recommended double feature of the week folks watch lawnmower man and manchester by the sea back to back um, yes. <laughs> See what you'll be, make you'll you be in great better. spirits by the end. <laughs> Speaking of Manchester by the Sea, our final movie of this episode. Matt. Totally not. Totally not our final movie. But okay, <laughs> let's let's talk Manchester by the Sea, and then we'll talk one last movie. Oh, that's right. I apologize. One was added uh, to the list. Yes, I watched uh, Kenneth Lonergan's uh, latest uh, Manchester by the Sea, starring number one sad boy Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams. And Kyle Chandler, and it's really good. It's really sad. It's <laughs> like it's like the definition of like this is sad. Like if someone asks you how this movie is, you can just respond with, "It's sad." Um, yeah, this movie is basically about uh, Casey Affleck. He plays a uh, guy whose whole life went to shit, and he likes keeping it in that shit. Uh, he really doesn't want anything to do. He just visits his family when his brother goes into the hospital. Um, uh, his brother passes away and leaves him as the legal guardian of his nephew. So it's him dealing with that. Um, I think Casey Affleck gives one of the best performances of 2016. Uh, the script is really on point. I really liked uh all the little character moments that he has. I like how it shows certain things in flashback that are just completely devastating. Um, the audience I saw this with was silent throughout. There, there was, there was just, just shocked response to this. Um, it was one of those movies where when it ended, usually you know the audience will speak to each other. No, they kept their mouths shut. They just kept to themselves. Uh, it's really one of the strongest looks at uh, personal trauma and grief that you will ever see. Uh, punctuated by, yeah, there's some humor in it, uh, but it's not overbearing. Um, it's it's terrific. Uh, this movie really is something else. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Connor, have you seen this? I have not, but now I'm going to. Shit. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, dude. I, it's really really good. 
Yeah, I I saw. If this you can too. sell me a movie by describing the the theater rea- the audience reaction, you've yeah. got me. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, I talked about it a few weeks ago. It 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 deals with a certain type of grief that uh, yeah. you don't you don't see too often in in films, and hopefully uh, you, you don't, don't. hopefully you don't see too often in real life because man, Bro. what Casey Affleck goes through is is, is uh, um, how he deals with it he as goes, a perf- he goes to the ringer just yeah. Oof. And how he deals with it as a performer is is astonishing. Uh, I won't be surprised if he does win the Oscar for best. I actor. neither would I, and yeah. I would wouldn't mind it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, rightfully one of the best. Well, nominated for best picture of the year. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's, it's really good. I I really don't have anything bad to say about this movie. Yeah, and and hey, uh, I, I do. I have one knock against it. Um, I didn't. I did not really care for the score. Oh okay. I. It's a, uh, I don't know. It, it's one that was there. Just it, it was just there for me. I don't really I have thought, a. I thought, I, I thought the music was a little overbearing at times. I don't have like a good or bad thing to say about it. So I, I'm there. For uh, it. I will say. I will say. I laughed quite a bit at the director's cameo. That was. That oh, was quite, that's right. Uh, I laughed my ass off at that scene. I was like, so, "Oh, hey, that guy!" Yeah, somebody told me who that was. Because uh, yeah, we, we don't want to spoil it, but uh, watch the movie and then read up later. Uh, yeah, it's and you'll find pretty. It, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. great. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that was Manchester by the Sea. Good thing you saw that, yeah. Matt. Uh, uh, yeah, Matt. I'm very happy I saw it. Uh, working on my uh, top uh, best films of 2016 list. Yes. Yeah, and that, and that might make an appearance. Oh, it will. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Now, finally. I'm sorry I, I, I wanted to cut this early, but... Speaking of a movie that should have won a Best Actor Oscar, uh, I watched Darren Aronofsky's uh, 2008 film, The Wrestler. Oh, uh, boy. Which I know Connor is a big fan of. Yes. Um, this is the first time I saw I've seen this since it came out, and I loved it then, and I actually love it even more now. Um how about this? Connor, you tell us about The Wrestler. Um, I've been, at this point, almost a lifelong wrestling fan. Um, I started watching the mid mid to late 90s when the industry kind of blew up. Um, I've been, uh, I mean, quality aside, been just, it's, I've been diehard ever since. Yeah. And this was one of the most beautiful depictions of uh, what wrestlers in the 90s lives tend to be like post business, like yeah. post uh, superstardom. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts and Scott Hall, I think, are two big names that come up in regards to wrestlers who are just who were Razor Ramon. Sa- yes, they were saved from death by other wrestlers who stepped in because I think at some point Scott Hall was he said his diet consisted of nothing but vodka. Yeah, um, and Jake had a bad, a terrible drug problem and. Since wrestlers are not treated like employees, they're treated like independent contractors, uh, there tends to be no, like, there's no post-care for these guys when their bodies are ripped up and just shit out of the business. Yeah, there's really no retirement plan for these guys. No, there is none. You have to be good with your money and then hope you have some when you stop. Because yeah. you could stop two years in your career if you break your neck or sever nerves in your back. Um which the uh, second one is something that actually happened to a guy named uh, Sick Nick Mondo. He did some ridiculous stunt off of the roof of a building and slashed up muscles Jesus. and nerves in his back and had to retire at 26. Oof. Um, but this movie is an unapologetic look at a guy who would literally rather die in the ring than do anything else. Yeah, yeah. 
It's one and, of the best like just uh, movies about performance art that I've ever seen. And I think uh, one of my favorite aspects of this film is the behind the scenes stuff. Um, when uh, Mickey Rourke is at these uh, like wrestling shows, I just love seeing these guys like go over what's going to happen in the match. Mm-hmm. I I love that behind the scenes like locker room. Oh God, I hate to say that locker room talk uh, <laughs> that uh, he that they go through. I I think it's really cool. Um, I watched wrestling when I was younger. I uh, gave up probably around like ninety nine. Um, Most people did. Whenever Degeneration X was a thing, when that started, I tuned out. That's yeah, weird. I that's when, I that's when the industry boomed. <laughs> yeah, that's when I tuned out. I think I tapped out right before John Cena came on the air because uh, I was with it okay. for like late '90s, early 2000s. Are you uh, sure about that? I think Kidding. that's a joke. I think it's that's a meme. A... <laughs> uh, no, but ser- no, but seriously though, um, this is just—it's a great movie, and it's got some of the best performances ever. Uh, Mickey Rourke is like god level. Mickey Rourke steals every scene he's in. Just you, <laughs> one, he really he, does. He is he's drawing sympathy like there's no other. Um, and by the end of it, you're you're pulling for him so hard, even though you've kind of got the idea that his character's not headed for a happy ending. He's doomed. Yeah, he's he's got an exp- uh, an expiration date. Uh, and like the relationship with his daughter strained, and ultimately doesn't really end up saved. Only no, not at all. <laughs> like he, I think the only thing he, he, like I said, he'd rather die in the ring than do anything else, and he kind of he forsakes everything: his relationship yeah. with his daughter, like having a meaningful relationship with you know another person, his job, yeah. everything. Uh, he's great in this. Marissa Tomei is awesome in this movie. She's always great. Uh, I just love this thing. It's it's my favorite Aronofsky that I've seen. So I just think it's cool to have uh, Hollywood or you know filmmaking in general. Put a spotlight on pro wrestling because pro yeah, most is one definitely of the weirdest industries in the world, and it's also one of the oldest forms of entertainment you can find. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the stuff that happens behind the curtain is nine times out of ten way more interesting than what you're seeing on screen, anyway. Oh, most definitely. Uh, so I love it. You love it, Connor. What'd you think of the wrestler, uh, Marcelo? <laughs> Num- number one movie of the year of 2008 for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, like I was saying before, I, I-, I was in the wrestling for a while there and knowing like the background there. And also I'm a huge fan of the documentary beyond the mat. Uh, Ooh, that yeah. is one of the most brutal looks at that, in- at the, the industry that I've ever seen. Yeah, it, that section where they go behind the scenes of uh, The Rock and Mankind uh, sparring. and It's extremely the, uncomfortable. Oof. I, I, do you know anything about this documentary, Matt? I do not at all. Yeah, look you, it really, up. you should check yeah. this out. There, there's a scene in, in that documentary where uh, a camera is trained on Mankind's, uh, Mick Foley's family as, he's watching, as they're watching the match between The Rock and Mankind. And The Rock okay. is pummeling Mankind... In, in in the face with a steel chair, Un- and, completely unprotected chair shots to the head, yeah. and there's like 19 of them. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah and, yeah, and mankind's hands are tied behind his back, so he can't protect. Yeah, he's his face. handcuffed, so he's 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 literally just he's, it's his head and shoulders, and he's I think after the fourth one, he's concussed. Yeah, and um, and he doesn't know where he is, so he's wandering around, and Rock just keeps hitting him. Yeah, and Jesus. It, Mankind, McFoley's family is right there, front row, watching this, and the camera, the, the the documentary camera, lands on him, and the kids are crying, and the wife is devastated. So it it is brutal that 
moment in the documentary. And, the, and overall, the documentary is brutal. And uh, yeah, I, like you guys were saying, like the wrestler get it, it peeks behind that curtain in this narrative film. And and yeah, I I, I really want more like this. I, I wish there were more films, more documentaries, more anything telling the stories behind pro wrestling. Because I, as much as I have like stopped watching pro wrestling, I still find it fascinating. I, so I, do I. Yeah. I spent actually last summer. I, I bought uh, a month subscription for for WWE Network, and I just rewatched old matches. That is one of the best purchases I can tell I can tell anyone to to, to get uh, as far as wrestling related content goes. Because for ten bucks, you can watch hundreds yeah. of hours of content <laughs> from like four different wrestling companies that WWE has sucked up in the last three decades. Yeah. Uh, it's all there, everything. Yeah, and and that's what I did for like. I think a month and a half is just watching nothing but like wrestling matches from from years to and years nice. ago. So, yeah, uh, um, I'll totally set, I'll totally revisit the uh, Hollywood backlot brawl. <laughs> oh my god, WrestleMania twelve, the Piper one. Yeah, fuck yeah, Whoa. the one that had that, that had a fucking uh, OJ Simpson Bronco chase. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, it was Piper versus Goldust. It was fantastic. Mm. Oh jeez. Only wrestling fans will know. Uh, uh, yeah, and maybe they also have the WrestleMania uh, I mean the SummerSlam that I went to. So that'll be cool. Ooh, I can find Matt Curione in there. You probably somewhere. see me in the crowd, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I love the wrestler. So uh, uh, I I absolutely love it. I I, I want to revisit it soon cause... I'm so glad that we ended the show on a sh- on a movie we all love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good, what, good. Does that not choice. happen frequently enough? Not really. <laughs> no, not really. No, no, no. But it's good that we all are coming off this uh, positive. Uh, it's been a great episode. We've we've reached the end. Connor, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been. It's, I'm slowly growing my little uh, podcast resume, and this has been delightful. Yeah, and speaking of which, plugs, Connor. Where can the people listening find you online? Uh, you can find uh, our Facebook group, which has the links to our podcast episode, uh, The Phantom Zone. We should be the only one on there. We are a comic book group, and The Phantom Zone podcast is a weekly discussion of all the CW superhero shows, and now including Riverdale. Because yes! <laughs> so we'll be talking so, about that. Sorry, I was I also on it. an episode of Irrational Fears, which is a uh, horror fiction podcast. Oh, cool. Yes. So Anthony's a good guy. Everybody at The Phantom Zone's good guys. There you go. Do that, folks. Awesome. Uh, Matt, hey, what about you? As usual, you can find me on Twitter, at TheRealMattC. You can also find me on Letterboxd under the same name to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I've been seeing. Uh, And you can also find me over in Riverdale. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. You can actually find me on uh, TalkFilmSociety.com. I'm putting it together. A lot of great content for everyone to check out. And check out my weekly Riverdale recaps. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Uh, yes. Sounds like I need to get you on an episode of Phantom Zone then. Yes, you do! (laughs) As for me, uh, I'll just piggyback on what Matt was saying. TalkFilmSociety.com and also, hey, the TalkFilmSociety Awards. Oh. Uh, Go to TalkFilmSociety.com slash VoteTFSAwards. You'll find the second round ballot there. Vote for the best films of the year according to you. Uh, the last thing I'll say is I'll really quickly run down the 10 best film nominees. Really quick, mm-hmm. here we go. La La Land, Moonlight, Arrival, uh, Manchester by the Sea, The Handmaiden, Jackie. Hey. Yeah, there you go. Jackie, Silence, OJ Made in America, uh, 
Fuck yes. Sing Street and The Nice Guys. Oh, nice. So Guys. Those, yeah. Those, <laughs> <laughs> those ten movies are up for best film. Uh, each of them have received, like, multiple nominations for our, our award show. So vote. Uh, one more time. TalkFilmSociety.com slash vote TFS awards. Cool. There you go. Thank you, Connor, once again. Very fun. And Matt. Hey, thanks. I mean, we've reached the end of another episode. 55. Uh, I know. We look at it, look at us go. Papa Cork. Here, uh, special celebration for, for 55. Um, let's give the nice people what they want in the ending in, in the ending of a podcast show. I'm really struggling to get to the end of this because I'm Jesus, dude. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired and I'm hungry. <laughs> so, Matt, kill this episode by giving us our catchphrase. Stay at a Riverdale. <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> So long, folks, and thanks but, for... No, wait. So long, and so long, and thanks for all the fish. I was going to give your catchphrase. What am I doing? Thanks for listening, folks, and keep on watching. Stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> this is a mess. He's committed. Uh, what? What? It's it's from The Simpsons. It's a thing. They kick Homer out of Riverdale. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's... He goes to college, and they, they throw him out of the car like, stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> I, I, I get it now. I get it. I get it. It's so good. Still running, I know, I know. All smiles.